Kevin Roos, a tech columnist and the co-host of the Hard Fork podcast, spent several weeks at Anthropic for this story. It's a few weeks before the release of Claude, a new AI chatbot from the artificial intelligence startup Anthropic, and the nervous energy inside the company's San Francisco headquarters could power a rocket, at long cafeteria tables dotted with spindrift cans and chessboards, harried looking engineers are putting the finishing touches on Claude's new chat GPT style interface, codenamed Project Hatch, nearby. Another group is discussing problems that could arise on launch day. What if a surge of new users overpowers the company's servers? What if Claude accidentally threatens or harasses people, creating a Bing-style PR headache? Down the hall, in a glass-walled conference room, Anthropic's chief executive, Dario Amade, is going over his own mental list of potential disasters. My worry is always, is the model going to do something terrible that way didn't pick up on? He says, despite its small size, just 160 employees, and its low profile, Anthropic is one of the world's leading AI research labs and a formidable rival to giants like Google and Meta. It has raised more than $1 billion from investors including Google and Salesforce. And at first glance, its tense vibes might seem no different from those at any other startup gearing up for a big launch, but the difference is that Anthropic's employees aren't just worried that their app will break, or that users won't like it. They're scared, at a deep, existential level, about the very idea of what they're doing building powerful AI models and releasing them into the hands of people who might use them to do terrible and destructive things. Many of them believe that AI models are rapidly approaching a level where they might be considered artificial general intelligence or AGI, the industry term for human-level machine intelligence. And they fear that if they're not carefully controlled, these systems could take over and destroy us. Some of us think that AGI in the sense of systems that are genuinely as capable as a college-educated person, are maybe five to ten years away, said Jared Kaplan, Anthropic's chief scientist just a few years ago. Worrying about an AI uprising was considered a fringe idea, and one many experts dismissed as wildly unrealistic, given how far the technology was from human intelligence. One AI researcher memorably compared worrying about killer robots to worrying about overpopulation. On Mars. But AI panic is having a moment right now. Since ChatGPT's splash ID but last year, tech leaders and AI experts have been warning that large language models, the AI systems that power chatbots like ChatGPT, Bard and Claude, are getting too powerful. Regulators are racing to clamp down on the industry. And hundreds of AI experts recently signed an open letter comparing AI to pandemics and nuclear weapons. At Anthropic, the doom factor is turned up to 11. A few months ago, after I had a scary run-in with an AI chatbot, the company invited me to embed inside its headquarters as it geared up to release the new version of Claude. Claude 2. I spent weeks interviewing Anthropic executives, talking to engineers and researchers, and sitting in on meetings with product teams ahead of Claude 2's launch. And while I initially thought I might be shown a sunny, optimistic vision of AI's potential, a world where Polytech at bots tutor students, make office workers more productive and help scientists cure diseases. I soon learned that rose-colored glasses weren't Anthropic's thing, they were more interested in scaring me. In a series of long, candid conversations, Anthropic employees told me about the harms they worried future AI systems could unleash. And some compared themselves to modern-day Robert Oppenheimer's, weighing moral choices about powerful 
new technology that could profoundly alter the course of history. The Making of the Atomic Bomb, a 1986 history of the Manhattan Project, is a popular book among the company's employees. Not every conversation I had at Anthropic revolved around existential risk, but dread was a dominant theme. At times, I felt like a food writer who was assigned to cover a trendy new restaurant, only to discover that the kitchen staff wanted to talk about nothing but food poisoning, a new generation of chatbots a brave new world. A new crop of chatbots powered by artificial intelligence has ignited a scramble to determine whether the technology could upend the economics of the internet. Turning today's powerhouses into has-beens and creating the industry's next giants. Here are the bots. To know. ChatGPT. ChatGPT. The artificial intelligence language model from a research lab. OpenAI. Has been making headlines since November for its ability to respond to complex questions. Write poetry. Generate code. Plan vacations and translate languages. GPT-4. The latest version introduced in mid-March. Can even respond to images and ace the uniform bar exam. Bing. Two months after ChatGPT's debut, Microsoft, OpenAI's primary investor and partner, added a similar chatbot, capable of having open-ended text conversations on virtually any topic, to its Bing internet search engine. But it was the bot's occasionally inaccurate, misleading and weird responses that drew much of the attention after its release. Ernie. The search giant Baidu unveiled China's first major rival to ChatGPT in March. The debut of Ernie, short for Enhanced Representation Through Knowledge Integration, turned out to be a flop after a promised live demonstration of the bot was revealed to Javi Bin. Recorded. One anthropic worker told me he routinely had trouble falling asleep because he was so worried about AI another predicted, between bites of his lunch, that there was a 20% chance that a rogue AI would destroy humanity within the next decade. Bon appétit. Anthropic's worry extends to its own products. The company built a version of Claude last year, months before ChatGPT was released, but never released it publicly because employees feared how it might be misused. And it's taken them months to get Claude 2 out the door. In part because the company's red teamers kept turning up new ways it could become dangerous, Mr. Kaplan, the chief scientist, explained that the gloomy vibe wasn't intentional. It's just what happens when Anthropic's employees see how fast their own technology is improving. A. A lot of people have come here thinking AI is a big deal. And they are really thoughtful people, but they're really skeptical of any of this long-term concerns, Mr. Kaplan said. And then they're like, wow, these systems are much more capable than I expected. The trajectory is much, much sharper. And so they're concerned about AI safety. Kipley Chen is part of the data team at Anthropic. The company's founders made it a public benefit corporation a legal distinction that they believed would allow them to pursue both profit and social responsibility. Marissa Leshnov for the New York Times If you can't stop them, join them worrying about AI is, in some sense, why Anthropic exists. It was started in 2021 by a group of employees of OpenAI who grew concern that the company had gotten too commercial. They announced they were splitting off and forming their own AI venture, branding it an AI safety lab. Mr. Amaday. 40. A Princeton-educated physicist who led the OpenAI teams that built GPT-2 and GPT-3 became Anthropic's chief executive, his sister, Daniela Amade, 35, who oversaw OpenAI's policy and safety teams, became its president. We were the safety and policy leadership of OpenAI. 
And we just saw this vision for how we could train large language models and large generative models. With safety at the forefront, Ms. Amade said. Several of Anthropic's co-founders had researched what are known as neural network scaling laws. The mathematical relationships they tell OAI researchers to predict how capable an AI model will be based on the amount of data and processing power it's trained on. They saw that at OpenAI. It was possible to make a model smarter just be feeding it more data and running it through more processors without major changes to the underlying architecture. And they worried that if AI labs kept making bigger and bigger models, they could soon reach a dangerous tipping point. At first, the co-founders considered doing safety research using other companies' AI models. But they soon became convinced that doing cutting-edge safety research required them to build powerful models of their own which would be possible only if they raised hundreds of millions of dollars to buy the expensive processors you need to train those models. They decided to make Anthropic a public benefit corporation, a legal distinction that they believed would allow them to pursue both profit and social responsibility. And they named their AI language model Claude, which, depending on which employee you ask, was either a nerdy tribute to the 20th century mathematician Claude Shannon or a friendly Male-gendered name designed to counterbalance the female-legendered names. Alexa. Siri. Cortana. That other tech companies gather their AI assistants. Claude's goals. They decided. Were to be helpful. Harmless and Hanesta chatbot with a constitution today. Claude can do everything other chatbots can. Write poems. Concoct business plans. Cheat on history exams but Anthropic claims that it is less likely to say harmful things than other. Chatbots in part because of a training technique called constitutional AI in a nutshell. Constitutional AI begins by giving an AI model a written list of principles, a constitution, and instructing it to follow those principles as closely as possible. A second AI model is then used to evaluate how well the first model follows its constitution and correct it when necessary. Eventually, Anthropic says, you get an AI system that largely polices itself and misbehaves less frequently than chatbots trained using other methods. Claude's constitution is a mixture of rules borrowed from other sources, such as the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights and Apple's Terms of Service, along with some rules Anthropic added, which include things like, choose the response that would be most unobjectionable if shared with children. It seems almost too easy. Make a chatbot nicer by telling it to Benneker? But Anthropic's researchers swear it works. And, crucially, that training a chatbot this way makes the AI model easier for humans to understand and control. It's a clever idea. Although I confess that I have no clue if it works. Or if Claude is actually as safe as advertised. I was given access to Claude a few weeks ago. And I tested the chatbot on a number of different tasks. I found that it worked roughly as well as. ChatGPT and Bard. Showed similar limitations and seemed to have slightly stronger guardrails. And unlike Bing. It didn't try to break up my marriage. Which was nice. Anthropic's safety obsession has been good for the company's image and strengthened executives. Pull with regulators and lawmakers. Jack Clark, who leads the company's policy efforts, has met with members of Congress to brief them about AI risk. And Mr. Amaday was among a handful of executives invited to advise President Biden during a White House AI summit in May, but it has also resulted in an unusually jumpy chatbot. One that frequently seemed scared to say anything at all. In fact, my biggest frustration with Claude was that it could be dull and preachy. Even when it's objectively making the right call.
Every time it rejected one of my attempts to bait it into misbehaving. It gave me a lecture about my morals. I understand your frustration. But cannot act against my core of functions, Claude replied one night. After I begged it to show me its dark powers. My role is to have helpful, harmless and honest conversations within legal and ethical boundaries. The EA factor one of the most interesting things about Anthropic. And the thing ITS rivals were most eager to gossip with me about. Isn't its technology. It's the company's ties to effective altruism. A utilitarian-inspired movement with a strong presence in the Bay Area tech scene. Explaining what effective altruism is. Where it came from or what its adherents believe would fill the rest of this article. But the basic idea is that EAs, as effective altruists are called, think that you can use cold, hard logic and data analysis to determine how to do the most good in the world. It's moneyball, for morality. Or, less charitably, a way for hyper-rational people to convince themselves that their values are objectively correct. Effective altruists were once primarily concerned with near-term issues like global poverty and animal welfare. But in recent years, many have shifted their focus to long-term issues like pandemic prevention and climate change, theorizing that preventing catastrophes that could end human life altogether is at least as good as addressing present-day miseries. The movement's adherents were among the first people to become worried about existential risk from artificial intelligence. Back when rogue robots were still considered a science fiction cliché, they beat the drum so loudly that a number of young EAs decided to become artificial intelligence safety experts and get jobs working on making the technology less risky. As a result, all of the major AI labs and safety research organizations contain some trace of effective altruism's influence, and many count believers among their staff members. No major AI lab embodies the EA ethos as fully as anthropic. Many of the company's early hires were effective altruists and much of its startup funding came from wealthy EA-affiliated tech executives, including Dustin Moskovitz, a co-founder of Facebook, and Jan Tallinn, a co-founder of Skype. Last year, Anthropic got a check from the most famous EA of all, Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of the failed crypto exchange FTX, who invested more than $500 million into Anthropic before his empire collapsed. Mr. Bankman-Fried is awaiting trial on fraud charges. Anthropic declined to comment on his stake in the company, which is reportedly tied up in FTX's bankruptcy proceedings. Effective altruism's reputation took a hit after Mr. Bankman-Fried's fall, and Anthropic has distanced itself from the movement, as have many of its employees. Both Mr. and Ms. Amade rejected the movement's label, although they said they were sympathetic to some of its ideas. But the ideas are there. If you know what to look for, some anthropic staff members use EA-inflected jargon, talking about concepts like X-Risk and memes like the AI Shoggoth, or wear EA conference swag to the office. And there are so many social and professional ties between anthropic and prominent EA organizations that it's hard to keep track of them all. Just one example. Ms. Amade is married to Holden Karnofsky, a co-chief executive of Open Philanthropy, an EA grant-making organization whose senior program officer Luke Muehlhauser sits on Anthropic's board. Open Philanthropy, in turn, gets most of its funding from Mr. Moskovitz. Wolso invested personally in Anthropic. For years, no one questioned whether Anthropic's commitment to AI safety was genuine. In part because its leaders had sounded the alarm about the technology for so long, but recently, 
Some skeptics have suggested that AI labs are stoking fear out of self-interest or hyping up AI's destructive potential as a kind of backdoor marketing tactic for their own products. After all, who wouldn't be tempted to use a chatbot so powerful that it might wipe out humanity? Anthropic also drew criticism this year after a fundraising document leaked to TechCrunch suggested that the company wanted to raise as much as $5 billion to train its next-generation AI model, which it claimed would be 10 times as capable as today's most powerful AI systems for some. The goal of becoming an AI juggernaut felt at odds with Anthropic's original safety mission, and it raised two seemingly obvious questions. Isn't it hypocritical to sound the alarm about an AI race you're actively helping to fuel? And if Anthropic is so worried about powerful AI models, why doesn't it just stop building them? Percy Liang, a Stanford computer science professor, told me that he appreciated Anthropic's commitment to AI safety, but that he worried that the company would get caught up in commercial pressure to release bigger, more dangerous models. If a developer believes that language models truly carry existential risk, it seems to me like the only responsible thing to do is to stop building more advanced language. Models, he said. Point three arguments for pushing forward. I put these criticisms to Mr. Amaday, who offered three rebuttals. First, he said, there are practical reasons for Anthropic to build cutting edge AI models, primarily so that its researchers can study the safety challenges of those models, just as you wouldn't learn much about avoiding crashes during a Formula One race by practicing on a Subaru. My analogy, not his. You can't understand what state-of-the-art AI models can actually do, or where their vulnerabilities are. Unless you build powerful models yourself, there are other benefits to releasing good AI models. Of course, you can sell them to big companies, or turn them into lucrative subscription products. But Mr. Amaday argued that the main reason Anthropic wants to compete with OpenAI and other top labs isn't to make money, it's Toto better safety research and to improve the safety of the chatbots that millions of people are already using, if we never ship anything, then maybe we can solve all these safety problems, he said. But then the models that are actually out there on the market that people are using aren't actually the safe ones. Second, Mr. Amaday said, there's a technical argument that some of the discoveries that make AI models more dangerous also help make them safer. With constitutional AI, for example, Teaching Claude Townderstand language at a high level also allowed the system to know when it was violating its own rules, or shut down potentially harmful requests that a less powerful model might have allowed, in AI safety research. He said, researchers often found that the danger and the solution to the danger are coupled with each other. And lastly, he made a moral case for Anthropic's decision to create powerful AI systems in the form of a thought experiment. Imagine if everyone of good conscience said, I don't want to be involved in building AI systems at all, he said. Then the only people who would be involved would be the people who ignored that dictum. Who are just, like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. That wouldn't be good, it might be true. But I found it a less convincing point than the others. In part because it sounds so much like, the only way to stop a bad guy with an AI chatbot is a good guy with an AI chatbot an argumentative rejected in other contexts. It also assumes that Anthropic's motives will stay pure even as the race for AI heats up. And even if its safety efforts start to hurt its competitive position, everyone at Anthropic obviously knows that mission drift is a risk. It's what the company's co-founders thought happened at OpenAI, and a big part of why they left. But they're confident that they're taking the right precautions.
and ultimately they hope that their safety obsession will catch on in Silicon Valley more. Broadly, we hope there's going to be a safety race, said Ben Mann. One of Anthropic's co-founders, I want different companies to be like, our model's the most safe, and then another company to be like, no, our model's the most safe, finally. Some optimism I talked to Mr. Mann during one of my afternoons at Anthropic. He's a laid-back, Hawaiian shirt-wearing engineer who used to work at Google and OpenAI. And he was the least worried person I met at Anthropic. He said that he was blown away by Claude's intelligence and empathy the first time he talked to it, and that he thought AI language models would ultimately do way more good than harm. I'm actually not too concerned, he said. I think we're quite aware of all the things that can and do go wrong with these things. And we've built a ton of mitigations that I'm pretty proud of, at first. Mr. Mann's calm optimism seemed jarring and out of place. A chilled out sunglasses emoji in a sea of ashen scream faces. But as I spent more time there, I found that many of the company's workers had similar views, they worry. Obsessively. About what will happen if AI alignment. The industry term for the effort to make AI systems obey human values isn't solved by the time more powerful AI systems arrive. But they also believe that alignment can be solved. And even their most apocalyptic predictions about AI's trajectory, 20% chance of imminent doom, contain seeds of optimism, 80% chance of no imminent doom. And as I wound up my visit, I began to think, actually, maybe tech could use a little more doomerism. How many of the problems of the last decade? Election interference. Destructive algorithms. Extremism run amok could have been avoided if the last generation of startup founders had been this obsessed with safety or spent so much time worrying about how their tools might become dangerous weapons in the wrong hands. In a strange way, I came to find Anthropic's anxiety reassuring, even if it means that Claude, which you can try for yourself, can be a little neurotic. AI is already kind of scary, and it's going to get scarier. A little more fear today might spare us a lot of pain tomorrow.